and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm super excited to bring to you this week's guest, Flory Bagel. I will say that I first met Flory back at the O'Neill a couple summers ago when we were both working there. She was acting in one of the new musicals, and my favorite memory of Flory is this is how I knew Flory and I were just meant to be in each other's lives. We had an open mic night in the pub. Uh, Sondheim style, so Sondheim theme songs, Stephen Sondheim, and my signature Stephen Sondheim song was The Miller's Son from A Little Night Music. It's the song that I sang all throughout college and had in my audition book, and I was like, okay, sure, that's my Sondheim song. I'll, I'll sing my Sondheim song. So I get to the pub at the same time that Flory is on stage, absolutely killing it, singing The Miller's Son. And I was like, first of all, The Miller's Son's a little bit more obscure in the Sondheim repertoire. I don't see that many people singing it. But Flory was like, blew me away. The the best rendition I could have ever seen of The Miller's Son. And at that point, I was like, okay, first of all, I need to know this woman. We are soul sisters. And second of all, I was like, I'm not going to follow up her performance with that. So I am going to pick something else. So then I ended up singing something else. But it was just perfect because she and I are cut from the same cloth, so to speak. More officially, Flory is a songbird artist who weaves with words, music, soul, and wildflowers. She created Through the Smoke, an intimate cabaret evening honoring the wit, grit, and jazz in the music of Amy Winehouse. She relished in the joy of making her Broadway debut last year in The Rose Tattoo and has performed with City Center Encores as well as national tours, the whole thing. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation because we go deep into moving, how to move through creative blocks, especially when you're picking up energy and stories from other people as well as yourself and how to move through those to become the fullest embodied expression of yourself. So without further ado, we will dive into the magic that is Flory Bagel. Well, hello, Flory. Thank you so much for coming on the Creative Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me and spending this beautiful day together. I'm so excited. So the first question that I ask everyone when they come on is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? <sighs> what a bountiful question. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> what is fueling my creative soul in this present moment is the call to speak the unspoken within me, to tell stories and sing songs in alignment with my deepest light and artistry Mm. and courage and to hold my torch 
as high as I can in this time of darkness and uncertainty and uneasiness. So to, to keep my flame kindled. Wow, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. Are there practices or rituals or things that you do to kind of keep that flame going? This has been such a transformative series of months and there's been such deep attention paid to what is my process mm-hmm. as, as that unfurls. And, and, and for me, definitely connecting with Gaia, putting my hands on the earth, tuning in to how my breath is moving in my body. I've become really interested in emotional release using breath and physical movement. And whether that is shaking or dancing, allowing feelings to move through, that's been very resonant for me to be able to hold space for all of the big feelings that we are all surfing right now. So that's felt really powerful and and really, tuning into the idea that life is ceremony and ritual and and that movement and music are medicines and and so really really holding that close oh that's a beautiful way of saying it because recently i i had an experience in a ceremony where i the phrase came to me my life is a living prayer and Mm. i was thinking about how you can infuse sacredness and and like that deep connection to everything you do. So whether that's washing the dishes or performing on stage, how can we infuse life with these moments of like sacred prayer? Yes. Oh, I am with you. <laughs> yes. Uh, will you talk a little bit about your background as an artist with your spirituality? What do you do? How did you come to do what you do today. Just give us a little background of your story. Great. Thank you. Uh, I, I've always had a love for music and mm-hmm. I got bitten by the theater bug when I was five and I saw a performance of Annie and I was so taken by the fantastic woman who played Miss Hannigan that it just... I just pointed to her and I said, mom, I want to do that. (laughs) And she, my parents were in beautiful, full support of my artistic pursuits, which I am really, I really hold a lot of gratitude for because I know that that's not always the case in nurturing young creative minds and, and spirits in a world where sometimes the arts or a career in theater is seen as a hobby and not um, a path. And in my, hmm, my journey has been taking off all constrictions and restrictions that don't belong to me in my art. Ooh. Because we are such bountiful, boundless beings. And I feel, and I have felt growing up in a larger body that theater and the ideals of beauty within society has been, has placed people in boxes. Mm-hmm. And a couple years ago, I had this big epiphany where I realized there aren't any boxes. They're, they're all illusions of what we've been told 
we are to to stay in these 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 containments and so over the last few years i've been trying to just unravel everything like all indoctrinations that have kept me out of my power as a performer and as an artist being also sitting with the reality that we don't have to be currently employed to be a working artist and and so i've been it's been like a disrobing like taking off layer by layer of to to just see myself in a in a clearer way and and so my yeah it's been a beautiful unraveling to to what what is on my heart what what do i have to say what what do what stories do i need to tell and 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 how can we how how can i harness my fullest courage and flame to 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 shine in my unique way in the way that we all are capable of beaconing out and so so my process has been giving less fucks (laughs) about about how i am perceived i feel so much as as artists especially um now i didn't go to college but i've been but friends that have gone hearing you know the the very stifling guidance, I say that in quotes, of, of, you know, how we are to, how we are perceived in this industry and, and what we are believable as. I feel like that's nonsense and limiting. And so the more that I can be removing any cords to, to that falseness and remembering and re-remembering how worthy we all are of love and expression. I've, I've really attended to, to my heart in new ways, understanding that there has never been anything wrong with me. And there is, you know, and there's, there's, there's no reason at all why someone of a certain size isn't worthy of love. We are all beings of love and, and art. And, and so it's been removing all blockages externally, internally, that, that keeps me from, from that, that truth. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, first of all. And it really stuck with me when you first said, removing all things that are not mine, because recognizing that right we were placed into these boxes by what society has taught us or these these cords or these limiting beliefs but recognizing that they're not actually ours to hold and so that's such a liberating thing to realize like this isn't me this isn't what i need to do so that's really cool to think like maybe i'm carrying something from our ancestral line or from holding society's beliefs and like like as an empath sticking having other people's emotions and feelings sticking onto you, but kind of coming into your own as a sovereign being of, I know who I am. I am standing in my truth in alignment with myself and allowing myself to express that without fear of judgment or, you know, what you think or what box I'm going to fit in in yours. It's like, I, I break free of all boxes. That's such a cool way to put it. And when, when you're talking about like the blockages that come up, because I, you know, like everyone experiencing these feelings of fear of judgment, of not really living up to our full potential. How would you describe, I guess I want to know, how would you describe those feelings arising in your body? And when you feel really closed off or scared or 
how do you move through that? And what would your advice be of like how to move past some of those blocks? That's a beautiful question. Hmm. I, I've been really tuning in to the reality that, that these, that growing up with, with these systems, that they're, there is, there has been for me a separation between me and my body of me feeling truly in my fullest, fullest breath. And I feel like it's not really conditioned for us to breathe really deeply and to, to tune in, to be like, where am I holding this fear? Where, and so I've been really magnifying where, where, if I'm feeling fear or anxiety, I'm trying to pinpoint like, where exactly is that? Where's the, constriction. So whether that's in the pit of my stomach or whether I'm feeling my hands getting shaky or, or so to, to observe where, where and if I am contracting and then to try to counteract that with first off compassion. I feel like there's, there's a lot of shame that people walk around with like having shame for being anxious or having shame for having fear. And I feel like the more that we can discern where where we need more compassion the, the better and so I feel like acknowledging yeah where my tendencies are to to close off and then to with courage and heart really try to go deeper there and 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 to walk with my inner child with more attention and tenderness and reassure them and sometimes I talk to myself like I'm my own child like there I know that you're afraid and that's okay, but you don't have to stay afraid and you are safe and I'm holding you and you are held and you can hold this, you can hold this experience. And so I'm, I'm finding a lot of beauty there. And also, and I mentioned before, just this using breath and movement to, to really shake things out. And part of, you know, when I first moved to New York, you know, you're in the audition grind, you are at these calls, you are in spaces where you're navigating not only your own feelings, but everyone around you preparing for an audition. And it took a lot of navigating to, again, in what you spoke about being an empath, you know, finding your own strength of holding your own charge and not, and not taking on what isn't yours in these moments before you go in to, to share your art. And so finding out what that, what that is and what I need for myself, whether that's laying hands on myself or, or being that gal who looks a little silly jumping up and down, you know, to, to release. And, and, you know, I, I'm loving in more recent months, just being my weird just being in that and not, and being okay with being seen. And like, this may look unusual to anyone else passing by, but it is serving me really well right now in what I need to do for myself. So, so I think compassion, compassion and like witnessing what's going on within me. And yeah. I hope that answer. I went off on a little tangent. I know that's such a beautiful advice of observing the feeling to then move through the feeling. Cause I think we're taught like 
when you feel upset, you want to numb, you want to distract, you want to do anything but really go into that feeling. But that's in my experience and like with the work that I've done and what I've heard from other people, that's how you move through by really feeling it and shaking it and getting it into your body and, and really feeling like, well, what is that? Can I get curious about that feeling instead of letting it overtake you and overcome you so that you can't really function or do what you need to do. And then in like audition situations like that, cause I've had audition situations or just when I'm feeling nervous to perform and you feel your throat close up. And then it's that fear of like, will I be able to sing? Will I be able to speak? But can you let that like open by just letting it be okay that you're feeling the, the constriction? Absolutely. And I, I love, I love your bringing the curiosity to it, that it is like, okay, I'm feeling this. Why might I be feeling that? And like, instead of trying to pretend, oh, I'm not feeling that at all, to go deeper with depth to, to see what that has to teach you, what, what that feeling has, has to reveal to you about, about your state of being at the moment and, and how, how much more love can you give to yourself and how much more patience you can give to yourself. That like mm -hmm. the reassurance that yes, you're feeling your throat tighten or you're feeling these nerves bubble up in your, in your stomach, but can you, can you move with them instead of resisting them? Can you give them the space and then reassure, reassure yourself that, that you, you are holding your, your own self. You're, and, and I think so much, I know so much that I needed to kind of clear from my space is the, how is the fear of, of what other people think about you. And, and when, if I am to go into an audition room, feeling like there's something to prove or I got to show them, or this is what they're looking for. And so I'm going to give them this as opposed to what, what story do I need to sing today? Or, or you know, what, what do I feel pulled to share? It really brings, brings me back to my body and, and, and it takes, it takes my power back from from the, because there's so often, you know, all these gatekeepers who are, who are, you know, holding the auditions to potentially employ you. And, and we, we tend to, you know, want to throw our hearts out on the line and, and hope that, that this is a yes. But I, I've found that it's, it's so important for me to like be my own yes. And whether or not the audition leads to me being cast. It's, it's about, for me, like, how can I be in my fullest expression in this audition and have the most fun, like unbridled fun for me. And, and part of that is managing like the stakes of things. I, I used to feel like everything was really high stakes. And it's like, well, you know, I've got to get this and I want this so bad and I want this part. And, but by going in, clutching all of these things, I realized I wasn't actually staying present and the audition would be done. And I'd be like, Oh, that, that happened. Oh, I wasn't even there. I was so in my head. I wasn't in my body. And so I started saying to myself like low stakes, high passion. And that's become a little mantra to just really manage like my fire of my passion can be like front and center, but the stakes, I need to keep them low. I can't have this be like, well, if I don't get this, my healthcare, like there's real things, there's real stakes, but it's, but managing them so that we can share fully is, is, is what I've 
really been working with. I love that low stakes, high passion. I'm going to, I'm going to take that on. That's so good. You're in it. I love it. What are you most passionate about with your artistic self, creative self? What do you love to create? What kind of stories do you love to tell? How do you love to use your voice? Like give us an idea of what you really love to do. Hmm. I love many things and I love I love the power of music. I love that each song or each show or each album is its own musical world. Mm. And I love the, I love that as listeners and as performers and singers, we can dance in all of that. So I like, I like dabbling in different styles. I, I really, I have a, a strong love and musical theater geekery <laughs> for, for, you know, for theater. And I also have a deep, deep love for folk and, and soul and jazz. And so I feel the more that I've widened my lens with all the things that I love in these last few years, the, the deeper that has informed the artist that I am and, and how I don't I don't want to have all of my eggs in one basket. I want to, to be um, moving through all of these art forms. So I feel like, yeah, my, I have a deep, deep love for the curiosity of jazz, of singing with a, a band or musicians that you know have your back. And then this feeling of safety to then explore and drizzle over what they're what they're cooking with and, and laying down and so I love I love love jazz and I really brought that love out I guess it was two years ago or time is funny these days but I did I did a, a set of Amy Winehouse's music at 54 below which really really fed that jazz soul love I, I love I love interpreting music. I love going through the library of an artist and, and, and feeling what those lyrics mean to me and, and holding space for people to hear them in a new way that they hadn't heard before. I also feel in the last year and a half, I've been on a deeper spiritual dive and, and in going to different circles and ceremonies and sharing space with really beautiful beings. I, it's really unlocked my, my love for music in a deeper way where I'm now able to open up to sound and, and not in a state of performance, but in a way of, of channeling or just feeling like what sound needs to come out of me right now. And, and, and so it's 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 tied in my love that has always been there for music into a, a deeper ingrained way where it's it really is healing and I've found as an artist especially during these times of of lockdown and uncertainty if there's a series of days that I'm not singing just for myself I feel it. And, and I try to make that like a daily non-negotiable, just I need to be singing something during, during each day because that is such a release. And so I, I 
feel like the stories that I want to tell hold, hold a lot of passion and they hold a lot of courage and I don't know if they have been written yet. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm really looking to smash convention along with all of the other artists who are looking for more expansive uh, storytelling and more liberation in this art form instead of these like old tropes that like don't serve any of us <laughs> anymore. Uh, so, so I'm really, I've been, I've been starting to write my, my own music, which has been really healing for me as I've removed some blockages of, of what it is to write and, and how I've been viewing that. So it's, it's bringing, it's bringing all the pieces forward and, and, and my, my love for song and jazz and flow is, is just kind of swirling around me. And it's, it's, interesting to feel to feel that start to build and to to not know what that is yet and Mm. to not need to know but but it feels it feels exciting (laughs) gosh yeah everything you just said like the idea of not knowing and because I was going to ask you when you were talking about being in with a band and like that performance is such a beautiful way of being super present and being in the moment and like breathing and feeding off each other and like being that. And then my next question was going to be in a state like we are now. And if you're a professional artist and you're not working currently, like how do we create those spaces for ourselves when it's, when we can't like be on stage with a cast of people who are supporting us and lifting us up because I realized when I left college and I wasn't performing, I was missing that sense of community and that sense of like being in collaborative artist spaces. And then I started to go to things like circles, like you, like you do, like circles and women's circles and ceremonies. And I was finding that sense of community there, which then informed my artistry so much deeper. So I love that you have, you just reflected for me a story that I am like, yeah, I I was going on ever since graduating college, college, I was going through this spiritual path that wasn't really related to my artistry, but now I'm like, it was so related. It was so everything that I needed to kind of uncover and know about myself and, and really be in that true meaning of what is healing to you. So I love that you're singing every day because that's the gift that you're giving to yourself. And the idea of like sound frequency is so healing and we don't even realize on a cellular level how healing it is. Sound is so healing. So I love kind of this marriage between the spiritual world of sound baths and sound healing, but combined with theater and that act of performance and like sharing your voice and like giving that gift to others. So I really love that perspective. Thank you. And I also just, I, I love you bringing up sharing because I really do feel more now than ever that it, it isn't, it doesn't feel to me pre- presently as much performing as it is sharing. It's mm-hmm. energetic sharing with yourself, with your fellow musicians and artists, with the audience. It's an exchange and it's a conversation energetically. And I do feel, yeah, it's hard. It's hard sitting with the, the absence of, of that ability to make live music readily 
at this time or to to be in a cast of people where you feel bolstered by your fellow artists and and to to have these opportunities to perform and to share so it is yeah i'm i'm, I'm brainstorming now with how how this cuz because we're just moving through so much in these last few months and in, in so many ways. And, and yes, it all is connected. Like every, every bit is connected to ourselves and, and to our art and, but how, how it can look to still have that, that shared experience with, with each other in these times in a safe way that is still fulfilling. And for, for me, I just recently um, moved back to Maryland in this in-between time. My beautiful sisters in, in our Brooklyn apartment, we all had to leave at the, the end of July. So this is a, a definite plot twist new chapter for me. But it's I've been finding in the recent weeks, maybe the energetic exchanges is me taking my ukulele to the local park and just playing and not thinking about performing or needing an audience, but just just putting the, my voice out there for me and for the trees and for the passersby and, and sharing a bit of light when I can. I, I also am hungering to find a, a socially distant, you know, group of musicians to to jam with to because there's there's really nothing like collaborating with with your fellow musicians and, and everyone's bringing something unique to the table. Everyone's bringing their own frequency and style. And, and this, this collective dance together is, is so inspired. And I know that that is, that definitely kind of feels a little homesick just in the absence of, of theater being, being made as it was and music being as accessible as, as it was. And I also feel like there's, there's this new responsibility and, and, and creativity and like how, how is the future going to look? How, like what are we bringing into this new way of, of being and making and sharing? There's just so much to think about in this time. Yeah, and that, like you said, it's so much creativity right now because I work for the public theater and right now we're in a moment where we're trying to reimagine old systems and, yeah. and how theater might look, especially in a time where we can't gather. And someone said something yesterday about, we are the cultural creatives, like we create the culture. So just because it's looked one way, we've done it one way for so long, this is really a moment to completely reimagine and completely redo. And while it seems a little daunting at times, because it's scary when you haven't done something before, you don't know how it works, but I have a lot of hope of how we can move through and move forward. And I love what you said about the sharing of energy. And so even if it's you in the park playing ukulele, what a beautiful gift you're giving yourself, you're giving the trees, like that matters and that work matters. And I think we get into these mindsets of like, well, if I'm not on stage to a thousand people or even you know a few people in the audience, what is it for? Like I, I have this question sometimes of like, what is my art for? And I realize mm. like, it's for me and it's also for the collective. Like when we allow ourselves to share in art and, and even if it's just by ourselves in the room or by ourselves in the park, you never know what energy that might shift or what like what put what the act of putting your voice out into a space will do for your energy and for then how you impact people like alongside your way so that gives me a lot to think about there's thank you there's there's so much 
transmutation that can happen with with putting your voice out there and and I think that's so beautiful, you know, returning to that reality that like your art is for you and, and it is and and for the collective. And, you know, even if you are yeah, to it's been fascinating for me to to feel into like, do I need validation? Mm. No. You know, like I to know that my voice and my art is enough that like I I'm at right now not needing to be on a, on a stage having all of those eyes to, to know that I am worthy, to know that my voice counts, to, to really to sit with all that is in, in, in the why of, of why we're doing this, why we've all been like moths to the flame of art. And, you know, we are creative beings who, who, want, to, who want to make and, and share. And I think that's so that's so beautiful to hear about your conversations at the public of, of, of creative, creative inspiration. And, and it, this is such a time of like visionaries to the front, Let how, how, you know, how were things functioning and, and what of all the possibilities could, could be, could be brought to light. And I'm just, I'm encouraged to, to see all, even just already the, the creative ways in which people are presenting theater and in reframing what is possible versus like, oh, it's always been done this way, changing to, well, what if? What if it could be this? And, and the more that we stretch our minds and hearts in that way in all areas, I think the more curious and, and capable we all become because it's, we're getting out of those systems of like, this is how it is and this is how it's been and this is how it stays yeah. to being like, well, what if that system was never there? And what if, you know, what, what, if, what if we can create something better? I don't know, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's lots of food for thought. I love that spirit of, again, bringing that spirit of curiosity into it and, and just being curious. Switching gears a little bit, will you talk about your experience with the rose tattoo and what that whole show was like and that journey was like? Because I know you went from the understudy to replacing in the, sh like, so I I'm like, wow, that must have been so exciting. And what was that journey like for you? Uh, oh my gosh. What an epic time. And it's also just mind-blowing to realize that that was a year ago. Just, yeah. wow. To reflect on, like, then and now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was such an incredible series of events. And I am very grateful to, to all that it taught me and to all that I walked with in that process. And I, I remember, I remember getting the audition and they asked, they, they asked for an Italian folk song of which I, I did not have one, but I heard folk and I wanted to bring vulnerability and what was on my heart. And so I sang Joni Mitchell's Woodstock, which is probably my all time favorite song. I feel like the lyrics we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden is mm -hmm. so important and has been a cornerstone of how I've been living my life in these last few years. And so I came in and I, I sang that acapella and I prepared, you know, this Italian scene. And 
again, I, I wanted to just, I knew I really wanted this opportunity. And so I, I dove in just, just to share and, and to have a f- grand old time in that audition. And I did. I brought in a sense of play. I was really eager to take Trip Trip Coleman, the director, his, his adjustments in the audition. And uh, I found out that I got it. And I, I've never, I was the swing and I never had swung before. And so I, was, I would be covering four roles yeah. that all spoke Italian and that all sang a separate harmony line. (laughs) So I was, I walked into the experience knowing, okay, you haven't done this before. And there is a capability that that you could potentially make a story around this saying that it's, this is too hard or I'm daunted and Mm -hmm. I'm stressed, but I wanted to go into the experience knowing this is going to be a challenge and I don't want any stress to impact my joy for this opportunity because, again, this is my Broadway debut, um, and I, I came into it whether or not I was getting the chance to go on. I just I wanted to I wanted to experience joy in this. I didn't want to be so stressed and so, you know, in doubt or panicked that I wasn't that I was missing out on on what was going on, and so. I was, I was carrying that idea really close and, and I was so, I was blessed with such an incredible experience. That cast is amazing. Marissa Tomei was phenomenal. Imun Elliott was incredible. It was also such a unique experience watching the piece from the outside because I had never swung before. I used to, you know, when I get to tech, like being on the stage. And so it was really amazing to have this point of view, like one one foot in and, and one foot out, really watching the show come together and, and creating, creating ideas from there. And so what had happened, I, I, was, I made it a point to figure out my own process of how to understand all of the blocking, how to color code, how to just make a system that works for me. Cause I know that everyone has, has their own tools when they are a swing. And so I wanted to make it fun and understandable for me. And then, and I was feeling ready. And then I think it was a couple days before we started previews, one of our incredible cast members had a loss in her family and had to, had to fly to California. And this was a role that I was not covering, but Tripp asked me, can you, can you learn this in three days? and do it. And, and so I was like, yeah, hell yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. I, so I learned this, this part of Miss York, who was this Southern school teacher. And I just, again, I just, the spirit of play, I just wanted to keep bringing that in. And, and, and I just remember, you know, being at fight call and Marissa said, she was like, I have total faith in you. <laughs> like that's beautiful to hear. And that night, you know, when I'm like yelling at her in this scene and like storming out, I was just like, "This is really happening, huh?" Like I'm, I'm on a Broadway stage, and this is I'm doing this scene with Marissa Tomei, and it's it's all flowing, and and this is amazing, and 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 I got the chance to not only go on this one night, but I got to go on for the whole week, and. And I got to, you know, share a new dressing room with incredible 
artists and, and, and my parents got to come see it. And they, the box office angels, they, they comped my parents and, and got to see me like fifth row center in my Broadway debut. And, and it was such a full, beautiful experience of sharing and, you know, connecting with my parents, remembering when I was little dancing on the dining room table and like now look at what's happening and thanking them for their belief in me. And, and then after that week, it was, I had this, you know, this contentment that, you know, it's okay if I don't get to go on again, because this happened so fully and so completely that it's all right. And I'm ready to go on. I, I'm ready for any of the roles, but it's okay. And then cut to like a month later, the, the incredible, incredible Andrea Burns, who is such an icon and heart and angel, <laughs> she, she suffered an injury and had to, had to take time to heal. And I had the supreme honor of getting a chance to step in and, and finish the run in, in one of the roles that I was covering and I got to sing this beautiful Italian in a black lace veil on this stage built in 1918 and, you know, in this beautiful set created for us. And I also just love the fact that there was um, such spirituality within that piece that there, you know, the center point is this large altar that Serafina, the main character, has created. It's deeply ingrained in her own magic and, and spirituality. So it was beautiful just kind of centering around this, this altar of, of real candles, you know, flickering. And, but, you know, I was just so overwhelmed with the, the sea of opportunity and, and also the, the flexibility because even that last week of performances, there was a flu that went through the cast. And so I was, you know, I had taken over for this part, but I was still swinging the other three parts so, yeah, so there was this day where because of how the show was covered with all of the internal understudies, there were two people that were out. And so everyone had to shift up. And I got a call from our awesome stage manager and she explained to me that, that I was going to have to play two roles at once. And so... <laughs> on the subway, on the subway, like looking at my charts, being like, okay, what's the most important harmony line in this part? And like, can I weave these two lines together? And who actually am I in this scene? <laughs> Let me really focus in on like, who am I <laughs> right now? And so for the matinee, I played these two roles at once somehow. <laughs> and then in the evening, I was back to the other role that I played. And and it was just, it's amazing to feel and see what happens in a moment like that in theater where like everyone steps up, everyone has each other's back. It's a, let's see what happens kind of energy. And, and it, it went so well. And I, I'm just so, I'm so tickled with the entirety of, of that experience and all that it taught me and, and my, the level of like how, how I was holding myself to, to reassure myself at every point that like with breath and belief, I was, I was going to get through, I was prepared and, and I could just, you know, see what happens. And I also am very thankful to my incredible dressing roommate, Katerina. We, she's an amazing talent and we really like, we would have cacao circles in our dressing room. We had, oh. 
plants. We, we were like the station with oracle cards where people would come into our dressing room to have a little reading. We, it was really, we cultivated a, a, quite the nest. It was very much a sanctuary. So within the chaos, there was, you know, the oil diffuser diffusing our vanilla and lemongrass or whatever the scent, you know, we were just really trying to ground and be, be these forces of um, positivity and uh, reassurance amid any chaos. And so I'm very grateful for that stability because with a different dressing room mate, with a different dynamic, I don't think I would have felt as free in myself and in, in the experience. But we really, we really had such a beautiful connection. And I, I just, I'm so grateful for that ride. <laughs> oh my gosh, this whole story is like lighting me up. First of all, the, the fact that you chose the story that you wanted to tell yourself. So you chose like, I, this could be a story of stress, of those high stakes. This is my Broadway debut. But you chose the story of joy o- over that. And so that just the reminder that we do have the choice of what story we're going to tell. And then in, in your kind of letting go of attachment to the outcome and just being in the joy and being in the present of the experience or the presence of the experience that it then happened so magically and so happened so aligned. And then you got to perform on stage and navigate all these crazy things that were being thrown at you but being able to stay grounded and present. And I love the image of the dressing room, the fact that you created a sacred space. Cause like, I'm like, I wanna be in that dressing room, but knowing what is gonna ground you and keep you in that state of flow alignment presence. You, for some reason, the past couple of years, I've been feeling very turned, cause I've grown up doing theater my whole life. I studied musical theater in college, but since graduating college, I've really had like a, a, almost a bitterness towards theater because of the politics of, you know, the competition of all the ego stuff that goes in with being a performer. But you just illuminated something for me where I'm like, I can't wait to have that experience again of being in that sacred space and being in that moment of connection and community and presence. I'm like, I'm lit up right now. And so thank you for giving me this gift because I've been blocking it for so long. And I'm like, why am I blocking it? It's just not the right time. But suddenly I'm like, whoa, I'm like fired up about this again. So thank you. That was so amazing. So beautiful to hear and feel your glow. It's, it's uh, incredible. And, and yeah, just a reminder that like we hold and we make our sacred spaces where we go and, and tuning into what that means for you. It's going to look different and feel different to everybody of, of what, what is sacred to them. What, what reminders do you need that you've got yourself, that you, that you are magical, that you are powerful, that you are worthy of joy and, and compassion and love. And, you know, I, I even wrote with these um, window markers in Italian, respira cara, which is breathe, darling, breathe, dear. <laughs> Just, just this like blatant reminder in like pink in the center of this mirror, just like you return to your breath, like you've got this. And, and, and when you hold yourself in that way, then you're able to hold space for others and just emanate that out and have a full experience you're not blocking yourself. You're not getting in your own way as it is so easy for us to do in a situation of stress or pressure and then, and again, figuring out like, what is mine to know like, okay, everyone else is really stressed right now. And I feel that and okay. And they're entitled to be, but 
I'm going to hold my fort and hold my charge in this way where, you know, I remember like on the first day, like a couple people came up to me and they, when I introduced myself, they were like, wow, you got, you got a hard job. That's a, that's a lot. And I was like, you know what? Yes, it is. And I'm excited about it. You know, I, I didn't let anyone else plant seeds of doubt that I wasn't capable because it's so easy for us to get, to get washed away in, in other people's stuff and, and being our own anchor, being our own lighthouse where we are attending to what we need and, and what will um, enable us to make, to make the art that needs to come out, to, to share the heart that wants to be shared. Yeah. That is such a great lesson, great reminder, and such a beautiful way that how this whole conversation kind of came full circle on that. So I'm like, whoa, that was beautiful. Wrapping, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but the last question I want to ask you is, is there any piece of content that you've read, something you read or listened to or something that's inspired you lately? I love sharing creative resources with everyone. So is there something that really lit you up and you want to share with us? I've been tuning inward and, and doing a lot of a lot of work with my my shadow like different shadow aspects of of myself so i'm my mind is drawing a blank on specific resources but i've been really addressing these parts of myself that i have previously ignored or have been scared of facing and kind of going deeper in to see what they have to tell me and to uh, be able to hold space for them. And I've been really intrigued in about, about my sacred sexuality and about, about really getting deeper into embodiment practices. And, and so I've been, I've been kind of doing a dive into like Tantra recently and, and I've been attending some online festivals with this. It's called um, ISTA. It's International School for the Temple Arts. Mm-hmm. And they've been having these, these several day long online festivals. I think they've had two since the spring, focusing on wild love and, and empowerment and sovereignty and tuning into our power and, and working with our shadow, understanding it, really releasing ourselves from certain stories. And, and it's, it's been amazing to share space in an online container that still provides this level of intimacy and and vulnerability. So I've been really just open to new teachings and and new ways of looking at things and realizing that there's always more education and beyond beyond what I had previously thought. And so I've just been really examining the way in which I see the world and, and, and certain beliefs that I have, I, I start to ask myself like, well, where, when did that form? When did that belief form or, or what, who first told you that was true? And is that still true? And so I've just been doing a lot of dives going back in to, to my young self and, and figuring out like where certain, certain belief systems started. And I've just been, I used to be somebody that was, really hesitant to go into shadowy places or things that were uncomfortable because I am a a sensitive being as a lot of us are, but I've been finding a lot of power in, in holding my light while learning more about my shadow. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I've been, I've been just 
tremendously inspired and ignited by these various teachers of Tantra who I've had the, the honor of hearing speak and, and really just hearing some of their lectures and workshops and being a part has over the last few months changed like 180 degrees, like how, how I'm viewing myself and the world and, and relating to other people and connection and, and what, what blockages did I secretly have up that were impacting my true connection to others and, and keeping me out of my, out of my fullest experience. So, so even though I don't have a specific, a specific resource, I've been just swirling around with all of this new, all of these new teachings that, that have really, really amped up my, my flame and, and, and acknowledging how, how this work is so important because there's so many people and artists that feel really disconnected from, from their, their truest voice. And, and so get it returning to, to our, our deepest selves. And I, I just, I feel like whatever we can individually and collectively do to, to facilitate that and to allow more freedom of expression and, and of embodiment, the, the better. Yeah, and the idea of going into the shadow, just like we were talking about at the beginning of like going into that fear and like getting curious about it, going into the shadow and, and really getting curious about that. Where, did it, where does it come from? What stories have I been told? How can I continue to release and break free of all the things that hold me back so that I can really become my truest and fullest expression? That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for this conversation, Flory. I'm like lit up. You lit up my fire. So thank you so much. I'm so honored to know you. Oh, I'm so honored to know you and we kindle each other's flames and, and thank you for having me and your beautiful podcast. And it was so nourishing to talk to you. And I was so looking forward to this conversation today. So thank you for being who you are. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Soul Podcast and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to send it to a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at the underscore modern mermaid with your thoughts. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the podcast, I would love to gift you my guided writing meditation that will help you connect deeper to yourself, your creativity, and your spirituality. Just take a screenshot of the review and send it my way at the underscore modern mermaid, and I will send over the meditation. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.